0: Good morning, everybody. Welcome into 104.3 The Fan's Coffee Break. Rachel V Hill, Cecil Lammy, hanging out with you, Cecil. It's been so long. How are you?
1: I know it's been a minute, but I'm here. I'm ready to go, and I'm ready to talk, well, all things sports.
0: Well, I love to hear it. First of all, I need you to brag on your daughter real quick, though, because we were talking about this before we went live. This is awesome and something I feel like every parent should brag about, so I'm going to give you the stage for just a sec.
1: Yeah, a proud dad moment. Picked up my daughter from Oregon State last week. That was part of my absence uh, from the show last Friday. And she finished her first year in college pre-med with a 4.5 GPA because she's been smarter than me since she was like five years old. So, uh, yeah, just proud papa moment. Uh, my son graduated Washington State like a month ago. Uh, and, uh, you know, with a double major, very, very proud of all my children, my youngest daughter is well on her way and her career striving. So, you know, it's good to see. It's fun for sure.
0: I love it. Maria in the comments is also saying congratulations. So we're very happy for you and your family. And obviously, huge shout out to your kids because that's incredible. But we will get into some Broncos talk. It's been a lot of abs talk recently. And I know people still love the Broncos, even though we are just in the mandatory mini camp phase of everything. But we have to talk to you about training camp because they announced the day. Officially, July 27th is the first day that fans can see Russell Wilson in the orange and blue. What should fans expect to see when they head out to Dove Valley? season?
1: You should expect to see lots of fans. Now, the first day (laughs) usually do anyway, but if this is truly like Peyton Manning, one, you're going to have to get there earlier, all right? Uh, I know in the media types, Rachel, like last year and for the last few years, because it's been awful at Dove Valley, like, eh, I didn't need to show up at 9. I need to show up at 9.30. If I rolled in about 10 or 10.30, I'd see enough because there weren't going to be a lot of fans there. And, uh, you know, because of uh, COVID, we had certain policies where most of us on the fan were, you know, not over on the other side with the media. We were just hanging out with the fans. But either way, it was like roll in late, see what you need to see, get out of there, you know, whatever this is going to be stay early, stay late, you know, give yourself plenty of time. Uh, it's, it's going to be a jam-packed house. It's going to be an incredible time because Russell Wilson's going to bring the show to Denver, and Broncos fans are going to be super excited. First day is, you know, usually pretty full, although the last few years it has been waning, and I've been going to training camp since it was in Greeley. I've been covering it since the first year it was at UC Health Training Center, but like, I remember going to Greeley and making that road trip, and, you know, that was fun. But now with Russell Wilson here, get there early and get ready to watch some really good football.
0: Is Russ the type to sign autographs?
1: Um, I can't necessarily answer that. Peyton did, so I'm sure Russell mm-hmm. will. You know, I, I understand with these players, especially high-profile guys like that, if they are, you know, uh, you got to pay for their autograph or whatever – I get that. But, you know, warming himself up to this fan base, I, I think that and they pick different players every day. So it's not mm-hmm. like you'll you know, be able to just yell at Russell, be like, Russell, come over here or whatever. Like, it's just random, basically, when players come over to sign autographs. So, you know, it's kind of um, a special occasion if it does happen. I imagine it will one of those days. But, uh, you know, Peyton did it. I'm sure Russell will do it, too.
0: I was trying to think you know, you see a lot of players where people are posting autographs that they can get from them all the time. And I feel like I haven't actually seen a lot of Russ autographs out there.
1: Uh go to his website. <laughs> like he's um, Russell where you Wilson. can find him. Well, to his credit, and you know, this is not a shot at Russell Wilson at all, but to his credit, he's marketed himself very well. Mm-hmm. He's always wearing his Russell Wilson brand. He's always saying let's ride, which is trademarked. Like he's, He's pretty smart about that type of stuff. So if you want one, I'm sure you'll be able to get one.
0: Well, let's get into all of the stuff that you learned at Mandatory Minicamp this week. And we will start with Cortland Sutton. He's back.
1: Yes, Cortland Sutton is back. And this is what's incredible because Sutton, you know, for the last couple of years has struggled with that knee injury from 2020, 2021. He wasn't himself. He wasn't the same. Now it looks like he could be better than ever. And I know that this is June and you get the best shape of my life type stories all the time. Trust me, I cover the NFL. That's my job. So I'm always writing about best shape ever stories. Ezekiel Elliott, whatever. Cortland Sutton is in the best shape of his life. Like, he's mm-hmm. explosive. Now, last year when you watched Cortland Sutton, first he had that big old knee brace, right? Second, he was kind of labored when he ran or when he changed direction. It was okay enough, and he's never been a speed guy, which is a big concern because if you're mm-hmm. not a speed guy, you get a knee injury and you're just a little tick slower. There's a tipping point in the NFL. If you're not fast enough, you're just never going to make plays. I'll bring up a Vincent Brown story, but nobody remembers the San Diego State receiver. But there's guys, like, who are just fast enough and then when you get one injury, now they're just below that line. They can't play anymore. That was a concern with Sutton. But last year, you'd see passes that were, like, up here. And I've always said, Cortland Sutton is always open. Why? Because there's this thing called the sky. And if you throw it up, the big man's going to go get it. And last year, you just kind of, you're like, hey, there it is, you know. This year, he's going to get it. He's going to grab those passes up high. He's coming down. He's securing the ball quickly. When he catches even low passes. Like he'll mm-hmm. catch a low pass and snare it and bring it in. So there's zero concern about the knee. He's not thinking about it whatsoever. There's no brace. And the vertical game is back. So him and Russell, he's Russell Wilson's favorite, everybody. If you're drafting in your fantasy league, which may sound ridiculous to some, but I know plenty of people that have already drafted. Get yeah, Cortland Sutton now, because when the preseason rolls around, he has one big catch from Russell. Everyone's going to go nuts and realize what they have is a wide receiver one.
0: Okay, so I've asked you this previously here on Coffee Break, but list the um, wide receivers in order of Russell Wilson's favorite now.
1: Right now, and Jerry Judy, I don't know, should we put him on this list? We don't really know about Jerry Judy, but it's Sutton won by a mile, and then it would be Tim Patrick, then it would be Judy, then it would be Hamler. I know people are excited about Hamler. I'm excited about Hamler. He's going to catch 12 mm-hmm. passes, okay? So for like – he's they and – I can't say too much per Broncos media policy about what we've seen. But if it was up to me, I think I've introduced you to Lassie Barks, Rachel, where it's like you, I can't tell you, but I can tell you enough. And if you can figure it out, like what Lassie Jimmy's trapped in a well. Yeah, you can put it together. If it was up to me, I'd have a package of plays for KJ Hamler in that speed. But that's just me. Not saying that that's what I've seen at Broncos practice, but that's just what I would do. So, Mm -hmm. yes, Hamler will have some involvement, but if everybody's healthy on top of the depth chart, Hamler's going to catch 12 passes this year. So be excited, but don't be overly excited about the potential there for Hamler. So it's certainly Sutton 1, Patrick 2, Judy 3 at this moment.
0: Now, how are you deciding that Cortlandt is about Patrick?
1: You can tell, and this is why practice matters, you know, Um, and trust me, I've done this long enough. I get plenty of people like, that's just practice. It's just stupid. It doesn't matter. Okay. Um, I think that's a moronic
0: Practice makes perfect.
1: Uh, I think that practice, you can find clues. It doesn't, it's not the be all end all, Right. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I've said they're in a Super Bowl window, I'm not putting them in the Super Bowl because I saw a practice. Right? Um, I would say this: like you can tell with their connection, it's kind of unspoken. Timmy Patrick catches everything, but he's just mm-hmm. again I can't reveal too much. I'll tell you off air, but like Sutton is more featured. There are more passes thrown at Sutton than there are at Timmy Pat's. When Timmy gets something, he he catches it. He's gonna mm-hmm. get it. But just the mere design of the offense, and it's the nature of the position. I'll break it down that way so I don't get in trouble with the Broncos. But when you have an X and you have a Z, well, your Z is your guy. You know, that's he's going to be your primary guy. So you look at just the structure and the design of this offense, where Cortland Sutton plays, how his connection is with Russell Wilson, you can tell that he's his favorite.
0: However, Tim Patrick maybe should be also on a fantasy because if Cortland is maybe double teamed or whatever that's going to look like, you said, Tim Patrick, he's going to catch whatever he can get. So he may see quite a few balls as well.
1: And that's the nice thing of what we've seen at Mandatory Minicamp is Russell Wilson won because there's a lot of misconceptions and I'm here to break those misconceptions today. The misconceptions about Russell Wilson. Oh, he's not the same as he used to be. That's bunk. Okay, Uh, Seattle wanted to get rid of him two years ago. He wanted out of there two years ago. They tried one more trip to Cabo. It didn't work. He got hurt last year. He rushed back from the injury. I think he only missed three games. He came back. He wasn't right with the finger injury, and then he didn't look right. So, also, all he does is go for the deep pass. Untrue. Seattle was like Dan Reeves with John Elway years ago before you were born, Rachel, where it was like, <laughs> let's run the ball. And when that doesn't work, oh, my God, it's the fourth quarter. John Elway, go win it. That's exactly what Seattle did. Pete Carroll would be like, run the heck out of the ball. And then in the fourth quarter, he'd be like, oh, my God, Russell, go win it. And Russell would try to you know, launch, score a touchdown on every throw, you know, and launch it downfield. Russell Wilson's working the entire field. He's working everywhere, all sorts of variances. Now, the deep shot is back. That was one of my observations, to be sure. The deep pass has returned for the Denver Broncos, and it is glorious. But don't think Russ is out there just launching rockets all day, okay? He is a guy that's going to work underneath. He will check down if he needs to, but he exhausts all options as a passer, and he makes full field reads, something the Drew Locke stand said that he did, but Drew Locke only looked to the right side. On Like 70% of his passes, he just read one side of the field, wet the bed, and then did something wrong with the football most of the time. You have a real quarterback now that works the entire field, you know, deep, middle, intermediate, short, and then outlet receivers. He works it all, and that's great to see.
0: Do you feel like this team knows the playbook better now or what you – Can anticipate the playbook looking like compared to last year's training camp with Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater?
1: Well, I will say this and Teddy knew everything. Mm -hmm. Teddy knew everything, but Teddy's problem. Drew's problem is he didn't know. Sorry. I know he's the greatest ever. You know, I let's just be honest. Okay. I'll get to that. When I talk about Garrett Bowles in a second, Mm -hmm. Um, I, I look at this situation. I go, Teddy knew everything. But let's take Jerry Judy, for example. Judy is a great route runner, right? Always has been. Um, he will take like an extra little step. He'll like, like a extra little beat. He'll set guys up. He'll slow, you know, give you the dead leg, take it away. He does things that may, you, you need to give him another little beat, a little, little half of the step, right? Well, Teddy would go, one, two, three, dump. Like he would just come off of guys so quickly because he's just mm-hmm. like, read, 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 dump, check down. And that's why people had frustrations with Teddy. So Teddy knew everything. One, the offense was garbage. Pat Schirmer has no idea what modern football looks like. Sorry. Now, as someone who's stuck in the 90s, as I am stuck in the 90s because the 90s were (laughs) awesome, Pat Schirmer's offense is stuck in the 90s. You can't do that. You can't do that same stuff. So Teddy knew it. It's a garbage system. It's a simple system. Anybody Mm -hmm. could anticipate what was coming next for the Broncos. Anybody could. So Shermer's system was simple to know. Locke didn't know it. They had to shrink the playbook for him. Uh, Teddy did know it, but it's an awful system. And Teddy is too damn robotic. Russell, a little bit of, when you run the ball or even play quarterback, it's, gotta, it's like a jazz musician, right? You got to improvise. You just got to kind of feel it out there. And you'll see Russ, and it's even surprised some of his receivers where they're like running and then all of a sudden Russell, like, bam, he'll break away and he'll go and he'll extend the play. He's not doing it to run. He's running to pass, and he's Mm -hmm. running to give your guy more time. And receivers will see him, and they're like, "Well, stop. And I've seen some guys slide and fall down. Like, they're getting used to Russ because they've been used to Teddy. Like, if I'm not open by now, he's just not going to throw to me. Mm -hmm. This is Russ, man. He's, you know, so this knowing the playbook, I'm not exactly sure where they're at. Let's say 70% knowledge because they haven't unleashed the whole playbook yet. Um, But this is a much better playbook. And it is a hybrid, as Tim Patrick said, because it's what Russell likes combined. Why can't I say combined? Combined with what Nathaniel Hackett has done in his West Coast concepts, which are the rage of the league. I mean, that's that's the Shanahan offense.
0: Mm-hmm. We have a comment that says, nice, you're getting me excited for the season to start. I'm with Maria. I'm also getting excited listening to you talk Let's get into, though, we're not having quarterback battle, but it sure feels like the drama is still here with the running backs. Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. It just feels like Gordon's just making drama for himself at this point, Cecil. I, what, what should we think if we're just an average fan?
1: I didn't want Melvin Gordon back. And mm-hmm. I'll say that and, you know, he'll be all mad or whatever. You'll be all right, Melvin. He hates I think, you anyway. So don't worry. Yeah, it's, he's fine. He'll be all right. Um, I think the Denver Post headline or lead, and we all, we're in this business. We understand what leads are. We understand what headlines have to be, right? Um, but when the headline suggested, like some say, he's selfish. And then Melvin Gordon goes on this rant. It's like, dude, just be better on the field. You know, mm-hmm. social networking is a joke anyway. It really is. It's sad that uh, that's the way people try to communicate because it's not actual communication. So, you know, I, he's never selfish. Like, Melvin Gordon is not selfish at all. Anybody who knows Melvin or has been around him or heard his teammates talk about him, he's not selfish at all. I don't think he's that good. And that's my problem. Like, you bring him back for that, you know, $3 million price tag, whatever the number was, like, eh, there's plenty of rookies. Where's Kyron Williams at? He's with the Rams. Uh, You know, Jerome Ford, there's plenty of rookies in that draft. I would have taken in the fifth round set of Montreal, Washington there. I got my Montreal, Washington slam in. But anyway, uh, with Melvin Gordon, I would say this, he's the backup. He was getting handoffs and catching passes from Josh Johnson. And, you know, he stayed away from OTAs because that's what's worked for him. Well, I hate to sound like Dr. Phil and use some barnyard psychology on you, but how's that working out for you? You know, you're a one-time thousand-yard rusher. Once! Philip Lindsay showed up undrafted and ran for a 1,000 yards twice in two years, okay? So Melvin Gordon, this is what I've done. This is what's worked for me. Uh, he went on every podcast under the sun, right? Mm-hmm. He's on Taylor LeWan's podcast. Hell, he might have been on uh, Mr. Joe Rogan. Like, he might have been on his podcast. I don't know where he was, but Melvin Gordon's all over doing this media tour. He's preparing himself for life after football. Do that when you're done playing, which is mm-hmm. going to be pretty soon. But, like, seriously, dude, like, you know, it's my dream to play with Russell Wilson again. What, what? Voluntary. And I understand because Jake's behind the scenes pulling his hair out. Like, if it's vo- if it's mandatory, make it mandatory. In football, there's a wink and a nod. And whether you like it or not, and I, I totally get Jake's side of that. Like, it's just, man, it's make it mandatory. Yeah, fine, make it mandatory. And the CBA can't because the players got duped. In their last collective bargaining agreement, hey guys, we're gonna practice less. What, what? Less protections? Like they totally got duped. The NFL just did the players dirty in the last CBA because they put the really rich guys against the poorer guys. I don't wanna say poor for million dollar athletes, but still. So they got flim flammed. Hey guys, we're practicing less, but we can smoke weed. Like your CBA is awful. So yeah, you can practice less. Woo, that means a worse product. Okay. So with Melvin Gordon, I have issues. I have issues, period. But I have issues that Melvin Gordon, like, didn't show up. And then when he does show up, he's not doing anything with Russ because, well, he's the backup. So what happens this season? I think it could be the Javante Williams show. I really do. I think Mike Boone is excellent. Mike Boone might have been the best player in training camp last year. But again, back to Pat Shermer. Pat Shermer had that type of weapon. He was like, I don't know. (laughs) Where's Melvin Gordon at? So it's like, ah, Mike Boone is a weapon. Use Mike Boone. Use Javante Williams. And then Melvin is that insurance, right? He's like that Mm -hmm. uh, insurance on a box, a guarantee on a box and Tommy Boy. You know, it'll make you feel good. Oh, we got the veteran behind him. Mm -hmm. Okay. Maybe as the season goes on, you're going to use a little bit more Melvin, help keep Javante fresh, those type of things. But I think it's not 50-50. I think it's more, let's say, I want to conservatively say 60-40. But I could see it being 75-25, that it's Javante Williams' backfield and Melvin's just the backup.
0: How is the connection between Russell and Javante looking?
1: Excellent. Excellent. And uh, Javante's really worked this offseason on his receiving skills. So you can tell that okay. uh, you know he trusts him. There was one play, I think it was on the first day of mandatory minicamp, where Javante was a little bit off. I think uh, he didn't realize Russ was going to dump it to him. And so that pass hit the ground, but very rarely do we see that. Most of the time, whenever Javante is asked with either running routes or being an outlet receiver, he's catching passes and looking good from Russell Wilson.
0: Okay, that's what we like to hear. So fans, Javante, most likely number one going in. So maybe they're not even going to have running back drama after all with that 50-50 battle. But now we need to move into protecting Russell Wilson because are we going to have a bold problem this season again, Cecil.
1: Yeah. Hey, uh, Garrett Bowles is the greatest person ever, right? This is where the sensitive people come in. Uh, Garrett Bowles also regressed last year and to say that he didn't. Okay. He had a career high in sacks and played a career low in snaps. Let me repeat that again. He had a career high in sacks allowed and he played a career low in snaps. So he played the fewest snaps that he had in his NFL career. And he gave up the most sacks. Now, he didn't give up a sack in the last eight games. So a lot of people have said, look at that. He didn't give up a sack in the last eight games. What happened in the first 10? You know, nine, I guess, stupid 17-game schedule. was like, okay, that's good. That's good. He can actually carry that momentum over. But that was for Teddy Bridgewater. doesn't really move. And Drew Locke, who doesn't really understand what he's doing. Now you have to protect Russell Wilson. It's one of the reasons why I've said on Twitter and you know, I don't know why when he had a good day on Tuesday, I was like, "Yeah, hey, a good day. No problems with the today. He's the greatest ever. People lost their mind. Like, my mentions got blown up by Garrett Bulls supporters and friends of his. Like, okay, that's great. He's a friend of yours. He's a client of yours. Awesome. I feel good for him. I like Garrett Bulls. Garrett Bulls likes me. I would have no problem having this conversation with Garrett at all. And I even said in my article at Denver Fan, like, we all should be rooting for Garrett Bulls. But we also should know – That protecting Russell Wilson is priority number one and I'm not going to rely on last year or two years ago when there were no fans and he had an excellent season he was excellent Garrett Bowles Mm -hmm. proved everybody wrong
0: which is why he got the extension
1: that's why he got that extension he deserves it right but now it's Russell Wilson your expectations are up here you're not protecting Teddy you're not protecting Drew. You're protecting a future Hall of Fame guy that wants to be remembered as the greatest in the NFL of all time. That's Russell Wilson's motivation. So you must be better. And when I say Garrett Bowles must be better, I don't know why people lose their mind. Like, oh, he's... Uh, so I just, you know, okay, yes, he's the greatest left tackle to ever play the game. There will be statues and monuments posted to Garrett Bowles for the rest of his life. Again, good guy. Uh, we all should root for him. Proved everybody wrong. But now it's Russell Wilson and we've seen some times in practice where he'll, you know, be very animated asking coach stuff. It's like, okay, you're how many years in the league? Like, yeah, um, let's just make sure that's right because the offensive line has enough question marks already because we've seen a Moody move around in the guard positions like um, Dalton Reisner back in the system that he looked best in. I think he flourishes Lloyd Cushenberry. There's not really a center battle there like we thought, but Moody's come, you know, rotating in with minors. There's questions there. We haven't seen Billy Turner yet. He's going to be the right tackle, but I'd like to see him out there first. So your offensive line has a bunch of questions. If you can just lock down the left side, like he did for Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater, but be better than last year, because last year you played a career low in snaps and gave up a career high in sacks.
0: Yeah, that's a little concerning. If you look at that stat, when you actually like sit down and think about that stat, a little concerning. Uh, there is one name, though, that you put out on your article at DenverFan.com at the corner spot that maybe people should get to know.
1: Yes, Kwan Williams is excellent. And if I look at, and we've mentioned two of the three, of my potential problems. There's another article I'm writing for denverfan.com. Like where are the weak spots on this team? Well, the offensive line, I, I hope there's no weak spots there. Let's just say that, yeah. uh, the cornerback position, I think there is a weak spot. His name's Ronald Darby because k Williams is excellent when, when healthy k Williams is very motivated, very aggressive, very physical. Someone on Twitter asked me, is he better than Bryce Callahan? I was like, yes, because he's a better tackler and he's a much better blitzer. Jaira Evro's defense is going to be better than Vic Fangio. It doesn't – no disrespect to Vic Fangio. He was grumpy and manipulative, but the guys forgot more about football than I'll ever know. Okay, but no disrespect. But Evro is going to have a better defense because he's going to know when to send the hounds, send the house, whatever you want to say. Like, he's going to get after it. He's going to blitz. And Kwan Williams is going to be part of those blitz packages, and that's what Bryce Callahan just can't do. Well, Williams can do it. You see it, and you love it. So get him healthy. You know, Pat Sertan's a stud. Super stud, no one's going to throw at him, or at least they shouldn't, which means, Ron Darby, they're going to throw at you. (laughs) So my concern is, does Melvin Gordon fumble a game away? God, I hope not. Is the offensive line, specifically Garrett Bowles, on the left side a problem? God, I hope not. Is Ronald Darby going to hold up to the number of targets, the barrage of footballs that are going to be thrown his way? God, I hope so.
0: Oh, man, all right. So Kaylon Williams, a name people should start to know because you might be seeing a lot of him out on the field. But the Golden State Warriors last night, Cecil, they won an NBA championship. Congratulations to them. They also knocked out the Nuggets in the first round of this year's playoffs. So this opened up a question because I said a hot take. I want whoever's going to beat me in the playoffs to go win the championship because I don't want them to get knocked off by another team and then you lost to another worse team. What's your take?
1: I don't want to be mean. <laughs> I don't want to be mean, especially because that's your take. Like,
0: No, I'm, um, I'm totally okay with it. Go for it. Be mean.
1: Win the damn championship. Um,
0: well, obviously. But if hey, your team I is going to lose.
1: I don't want to say that's a loser's mentality. But, <laughs> like, that's – I, I, I don't – I like what the abs are doing right? I like what Tim Patrick is doing, and the ABS are actually doing it, okay? Pats is just talking about it, but I like that Timmy Pats is like, Super Bowl, we're Super Bowl Mm -hmm. bust around here. I love that. I love the fact that the ABS had the best team in hockey all season long, and now they're doing it, right? And, you know, hopefully they can continue on. I still think it goes seven. I still think it's ABS and seven. Like, I just, I genuflect to what the Lightning have done over the last two seasons, and I'm not the hockey guy. Everybody knows that, but I just appreciate when you have that mindset of like we're gonna we're gonna get it. It's ours. We're going for it because that's what the ABS have done, especially after losing to Vegas last year. That really stung them. So you see that mindset. When I hear fans, God forbid, players say this, but when I hear fans like, "We lost to the champions, guys," it means we're we're like the second or whatever. It's like. <sighs> it it burns a fire in me like if you could take a magnifying glass and to to the sun and put it on my forehead and just burn right into my third eye that's what it would do it hurts it hurts my soul when i hear people say that because it's like again we lost to the champion guys you're still not close you're disrespecting i'm actually probably and this sounds weird because I know a lot of um, Nugget fanboys don't like me, which is fine. But I'm probably a bigger Nikola Jokic fan than they are. Why? Because I say you're disrespecting your two-time MVP by not doing everything to win at all. So this whole, like, mm-hmm. we lost to the champion, guys. Yeah. Gentleman sweep, right? Oh, it's a gentleman sweep. We didn't get swept. You know, we got one. Stop thinking that way. There, see, Jake, I know. i know. bring out. Let's go, ladies and gentlemen, roll it out. Jake, I'm trying to be respectful in <laughs> insulting people, so I apologize. But I'm like, I want the Nuggets to really go for it. Not talk about it, not talk about how we lost to the champion, guys. I want them to truly be championship contenders. And in their current construct, they just, I don't care if everybody's healthy. And Michael Porter Jr. will never be healthy. Never. Get yeah. out of that. Get somebody else. I don't, don't just tell me, Jake, right? Because everyone's like, well, "Who else you got to get?" I'm like, I have no god blessed idea. But just please, we're seeing it with the Avs. We should see it with the Broncos. Can we see it with the Nuggets? Please.
2: Well, I actually agree with most of what you said, which I know is going to shock you, which is why I, I jumped in here. I don't I care know. who they lost to. Like they lost. What yeah. I find interesting is we had a playoff series against the championship team and we were able to see the nuggets flaws. So I don't care that they lost, but I, I care that they matched up against them because now we learned more of what can bring the nuggets over the top. And I think that's a pretty good argument to make because we're like, all right, they don't match up well here. They match up well here to your point about Michael Porter jr. The injuries suck. They knew when they drafted him about the injuries, they knew when they signed, that's why you him take a chance on him, Yeah. But That was the Nuggets' only chance at a third-star player. To this day, it's the Nuggets' only true chance at a third-star player. And you need three-star players to win a championship. They need Michael Porter to be healthy. If they're trying to move off Michael Porter Jr., they're not getting anything near his value back. So they just need him to be healthy. Like, there's nothing they can do about it but sit, hope, and pray. And I guess that's okay. But to your point about them saying, hey, we're going to go out and do the damn thing. Josh Kroenke and Calvin Booth, I've talked to them recently, have both said, we're talking about championship or bust here for the first time ever in the Nuggets organization. They're actually taking that that line of thinking, that talk. We're going to see what they do this offseason to actually back that talk. But to your point, they've never even talked about it. Like, they're talking about it. Isn't that sad?
1: Isn't that weird? Like, but- especially since the bubble, since the bubble, they've been in a championship window. And the bubble was special and the bubble was different. And Jamal,
2: 57, like, but you haven't even talked about it. (laughs) Right. And and they were really close, honestly, before Jamal went down. I thought they were the best team in basketball right before Jamal went down. I think Jamal Murray could be an NBA MVP. That's how much I believe in Jamal Murray. No doubt. And I think he's going to come back stronger and all that. But what I find interesting is that trade they just made to get the 30th overall pick because it moved up their assets. And it's going to give them the ability to do some interesting things in the draft and the trade market if they in due deed attack attack it aggressively, like they're saying. So this next week, two weeks is when we're going to find out, hey, are you guys actually backing that talk of, of saying you're going out for a championship? Because they have a couple moves to make. And again, because we saw them just match up against Golden State, it's not that they just need Jamal and Michael to get back healthy. They need a better shooting guard that more fits what the NBA is doing right now. God bless Will Barton. I love Will Barton, but he just doesn't fit this team right now and they need to fix some things on their bench to get stronger rotations and stronger switchability on their bench. And and hopefully they'll do that. But to your point, Cecil, I don't care who they've lost against. And it is almost disrespectful in a way that the Nuggets haven't built a championship team around Jamal or around Nikola Jokic. But in the same sense, I feel like a lot of their hands have been tied the last two years since Jamal went down because you lose a guy who we both think is an all star caliber point guard. What are you supposed to do? We just saw what happened to Giannis without Chris Middleton in the playoffs. It's it's like, what are you supposed to really do? So this is the, the Nuggets, sh- you know, prove it or shove it time, you know, the sh- shut it or sh- <laughs> shove it or, or shut up time. Clean it up, clean it, it up coffee break um,
1: we don't want to take rachel's show into the gutter but rachel i do want to make this show like the wwe like every week i want to say just enough so that jake you know it's like he just starts running down in. little like, comes in with this chair and hits me in the back of the head right like i want i want this to be like because i already have the wwe stylings because i like to yell brother and take my vitamins and say my prayers but i also want jake i want to say something that where jake's like i gotta come in i gotta step in <laughs>
2: And, and I, I'm no, almost, I,
1: mean, I mean, we can actually agree with you on this one. I know like, it was, was weird. I was to... like waiting for the metal chair. Yeah. And then I got like, we got the tag team thing going on.
0: Trust me. I don't want to lose either. I think it's ridiculous that they haven't even been talking about it. And that this is the first time we're even hearing championship or bust when it comes to this Nuggets team. I'm with you. But I'm just saying that when you lose, I hate when people are like, well, I want the Warriors to lose in the next round. No, I want them to go all the way and to beat every other team. That was my whole point with this conversation. I'm with both of you, though. Ridiculous we're not even talking about this. However, the Avalanche should hopefully, fingers crossed, win a championship this year in the next two weeks. We've got a video for you as we will round out Coffee Break right here. So enjoy it as we get ready for tomorrow night, Game 2 between the Avs and the Lightning. Check out Joe Sakic in this video.
2: ...for a hold, shoot, it's
0: blocked. The can win it for has with a giant goal i love the reaction cecil i'm getting excited for tomorrow night championship season is here but cecil as always i love having you on thank you for talking broncos thank you for pissing jake off even though he ended up agreeing with you i love the idea wwe every friday right here on coffee break